You are listening to the Mid-East Beast Podcast. I am Molly Livingstone, a comedian stuck here in Jerusalem in the Middle East. And we have Alex Giles over in London, England slash Brexit town. How are you today? I am sweaty, Molly. I am sweaty and not in a good way. (laughs) I want to pretend that you were like working out and training for a marathon, but I think it's just because of a heat wave. You can believe that if you will, but yes, we are sweltering in 33 centigrade. For those of you in Fahrenheit, that is just fucking hot. Yeah, it's like 102 or something wild. It's insane. It is not good. Now I understand why everyone in the Middle East is angry all the time, because if it's like this over there most of the time, yeah, that explains a lot as far as I'm concerned. Well, it's because people don't wear deodorant. It's not just the heat, but then there's that second coming, if you will, of the smelling stinkiness. Here's my theory, and today it's actually quite cool here, and even raining in Tel Aviv, which in the end of June is unheard of. My theory is that because Brexit has left some gaping holes in your government, even in Europe, I think hell is seeping out. I think that's what you're feeling, the heat and wrath of hell that is upon you. So good luck. Yeah, thank you for that. I think there may be other signs of the coming apocalypse. So that that is true. Now, before we start, Molly, before we get into things, I've been asked to say hello to Catherine Kent who is apparently one of our biggest fans. And when I say biggest fans, she is my biggest fan. You don't actually have mm. fans yet, Molly. Right, no, only in my mind. Only in I your mind. People supporting me. Yes, and she would like me to say Niagara. Apparently when I say Niagara, <laughs> she likes that. It's the accent. So, so Catherine, thank you for your kind words. This is just for you, Niagara. I hope that helps. Yeah, that's like definitely code for something yeah so, uh, it kind of say in case you like you know the security services are listening that's really not as weird as it sounds yeah for sure not so let's get to this story because actually when we're talking about your heat wave and my cool down and this whole idea it almost seems dysfunctional multiple personalities no clear definitive of what some are supposed to look like in either country and i would say the same thing for the woman we're about to talk about this article linda and how do you say the woman's last name? Sour? Sasour? 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 We really should have checked before we started, to be honest. I mean, I would still get it wrong. I see <laughs> sour, which I think is very interesting that that's in her ah. name. Right, we talked about that last week with your guy over there, Corbin, Corban, mm-hmm. meaning sacrificial. So this article is Linda... Let's call her Linda, okay? Yeah. Congratulates Islamic countries on not pinkwashing oppression. Tell us a little bit about this article, Alex. Well, we have this individual, li- li- yeah, let's call her Linda. She, uh, she, she, she lives in New York. She is an activist, and you can decide what that means. She comes from Palestinian parents, and she has some interesting views, a number of which most people can get behind, and a number of which are potentially more troubling. So what can we say? And, and I think the issue, the issue was that essentially she is often critical of Israel, but also very supportive of women's rights and gay rights. But of course, you have this issue that Israel really has some of the strongest LGBT protections. So if you oh, I going... thought you were going to say like we have really strong gay people, muscular. <laughs> but yes, I understand now. What I think is interesting about her, and you talked about it, when you're first introducing her, you are describing a Jew, right? Born and raised in New York and Brooklyn. When you hear her speak, that's the accent that I hear. I And then you see her and she is wearing a head covering hijab. She is Muslim. She is very much supporting 
this is what's interesting and controversial about her. Like you were just saying, she will support and advocate for women's rights. And at the same time, she's not opposed to Sharia law, which obviously is very, in my opinion, and I think most people would agree, is very against women's rights. I mean, she had an arranged marriage. It blows my mind, really, because she said something that obviously makes me boil, if you want to talk about heat, which is, if you are a Zionist, then you're an anti-feminist, as though the two are equal. In fact, I have a quote just because I wanted to remember what really annoyed me. This is how her mode of thinking works. She says, Zionism equals Islamophobia. Anti-Zionism equals feminism. So that just all made me angry. I don't agree with any of it. And yet, at the same time, she's not such like a bad guy. You know, if we were in a movie, we wouldn't really be able to tell is she like kind of the bad person or does she really save the day? There was this incident where a cemetery was desecrated, a Jewish cemetery, and she led a crowdsource funding campaign Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. really trying to get also Muslims involved to raise the funds to help fix that. So that doesn't sound anti-Semitism to me. I mean, look, I mean, what, what are we saying? This might be a, a, a crazy idea that everything's not black and white. There's a thought what? that might... I know. That's that, ridiculous. I know. That's going to blow people's minds, isn't yeah. it? On the Washington Post yesterday, I had a video, and it was an interview with Ann Coulter and a couple of people. Now, Ann Coulter, I have very, very little truck with. But you've got to listen to her. You've got to understand where she's coming from. And one of the things that she said was she would never use the N-word. And she said that wasn't because of political correctness, but because of civility. Okay, well, fine. But she said you can't start saying that everything else is as bad as the N-word. So, you know, she talks about illegals. This was her issue. She says, I'm allowed to talk about illegal immigrants. You shouldn't think that when I use the term illegal immigrant, it's as bad as me using the N-word. And though I might not agree 100% with that, or even 50% with that, you have to appreciate that she's kind of got a 5 or 10 or 15% point there. And there I am with Anne Coulter, you know, most of the time I didn't want to want to breathe the same oxygen as. <laughs> yeah, she's making a point that I'm going, okay, I, I, I could see that. It's a shame that you're a hateful individual most of the time, but even hateful individuals make good points. And I'm not sure that Linda sits in, in my bugbear list, same as, as someone like Anne Coulter. Because if you think about, you know, that this whole issue of free speech and Israel and where we are with BDS and all of this, we could probably all agree that if people walk down the street with a placard that says, I don't think that there should be a country called Israel, that though we might not agree with that point, and think it's wrong, that we would be okay with people expressing that point of view. Well, she does that. She's anti-Israel in the sense that she is pro-BDS, which is boycotting. And just to go back to that article, because we do have to wrap things up, there's a great quote in here that Mid-East Beast reported on saying that she said, Hamas is happy to offer a safe space so (laughs) close to Israel where gays, lesbians, and women can be persecuted without fear of equality. And I think that pretty much just sums it up. And I want to just add a new twist to that weird relationship and her multi-personality disorder that her brother Mohammed works in a glat kosher, really kosher restaurant called Izzy's in New York and goes by not Mohammed, but Mo. 
So on that note, there isn't anywhere else to go. We're going to come back and talk about similar personality disorders with women in the military. Where do they stand or not stand? We'll be right back here on the Mideast Peace Podcast. And we are back here on the Mid-East Beast Podcast. Of course, you can find all our satirical news at themideastbeast.com, on Facebook, The Mid-East Beast, and follow us on Twitter at Mid-East Beasties. So let's talk about some beasts, women in the military. Dun, dun, dun. What does that look like? When did they start coming in? I'll tell you, I was doing a little bit of research, Alex. I said that very accusingly. I just want you to know (laughs) that when they started in the army, at least in America, they were dressed as men. Of course they were. Of course they were. But then they actually started doing physical exams and saw the parts underneath didn't match, which I find, of course, fascinating. I know here in the Middle East, what's always been fascinating, when I came over to Israel, I was so inspired that women had to go to the army just like men. They only served two years, not three years. But then I slowly found out they're actually not in combat units. They can't be in the tanks. Issues of being pilots. Only recently were they allowed to become pilots. They still can't go into submarines. Either it's something about the woman of the ship is the ship and therefore it's bad luck or... No, Molly, Molly, you're wrong. It's not bad luck. It's bears. Once a month, bears. Bear naked ladies. Well, you don't want to be in a submarine and a bear attacks. That's very sensible. Sensible policies for a sensible military. Yeah, that should be their slogan everywhere in the world. So this is a thing. And I mean, I see it here from the front lines of caring, not actual front lines, because that would be dangerous for me. I'm not in the army. What's really weird when I was doing this research was that, and I heard about this before, they put women in the Kurdish army to fight ISIS Mm -hmm. because rumor has it, started by the Wall Street Journal in an article actually, that ISIS militants or terrorists, whatever name you want to give them, I prefer terrorists, are afraid of women Mm -hmm. because if they were killed by these women, they might not get the women they really want, those 72 virgins, right, in heaven. And I was reading an article about Kurdish women putting on lipstick, which I assumed, well, that makes sense so that you can see from far away Mm -hmm. she's wearing red lipstick. Clearly, she's not a drag queen. She's a woman. But no, they said they just wanted to die looking pretty. So that wasn't (laughs) the case at all. I was wrong. What are your thoughts about women in the military? Is that cooties or are you okay with it? I'm completely okay with it. So in Britain, in the Navy, for example, we've had women on surface ships since uh, about 20 years ago and submarines for about five three or five years and we spent three million pounds adapting some of our submarines to allow women on board which did not involve you know putting wallpaper up or making soft yeah that's furniture. what i was just thinking no, no i know that's did what you, you put were potpourri in the pillows no no yeah. no no that sadly no that was mainly to create separate sleeping arrangements and uh separate shower arrangements but also to supply an emergency oxygen supply in case they found out that one of the women was pregnant because clearly right. air on that's su- for the men who are heavily breathing realizing they're the father yes yeah, yes they lose oxygen. yeah, I, yeah. I, th- I think so i think so so they had to spend money on that as well so yeah i mean frankly if someone's willing to put their uh, life on the line to defend my freedoms i am pretty cool with that and 
the arguments are pretty much against it are the same whether you're in Israel or you're here in America. You know, there is this thing about, oh, it will damage your morale to have women in frontline units and it's all too complicated. But as far as I'm aware, whenever it's actually been tried, when it's actually happened, it's not necessarily a, a problem. Now, now right. I, yeah, and I know in Israel, in some small units, you've gone the other way and you've created at least one reconnaissance unit which is an entire women only reconnaissance unit because they have to spend so much time hidden away on the Egyptian Israel border in small sort of hides that it was decided it made more sense just to make that a a women only unit so it it goes the other way. I mean I find all of it truly bizarre first of all in Israel I know that and I'll see if this unit will be tested in the past even if women were sort of near the front lines they would never actually make it into war and battle Mm -hmm. because there's this idea that if a man saw a woman taken out, shot, kidnapped, he would go after her. And then so he wouldn't be thinking as a soldier, but more, I guess, humanitarian. But I think that's probably crap. One, because I don't even know if you could tell who's a man, who's a woman. I don't think it matters. I mean, if your best friend goes down, you're going after your best friend if it's a woman or a man. What I want to say is that in the Independence Day War in 1948, when it was critical to have mass numbers of as many people, they were using women in anything and everything, including pilots, which they then rescinded. And only in the 90s, after a fight to have women become pilots again, do we have pilots? Last week, we had our first Haredi, which is ultra-Orthodox woman pilot in LL, which is a private jet airliner. And Bibi, the prime minister of Israel, when he goes to do his, of course, wonderful appearance, oh, you're so great, you're ultra-Orthodox, he says, where are the children right now? She has four children. (laughs) You would never ask a man that question. And she said, they have a father. Uh, Rightly so. (laughs) I mean, what a stupid question. So we're still dealing with this mentality. Now, I'll say on the other side of that, I know people, men who have been in the army, who have transgendered in the army meaning they become Mm -hmm. a woman in the army. And not only is it accepted, they have a unit, they have a commander that will help deal with them through the process. And they will find that people will actually, because Hebrew has male and female, they will change. They will change and address them as they wish to be addressed, which I think is phenomenal. I think that's very cool. I think it's very cool. As I said before, anyone that's willing to put their life on the line to defend their their country is, is cool with me. Now, yeah. I do notice that Saudi Arabia also has a, a strong opinion on this. There was a, an armed forces exhibition for diversification last year in Saudi Arabia. I bet you didn't know that. And Sounds so fancy for yeah, yeah, yeah. So they showcased women's skills and contributions in weaving military suits for soldiers. So O-M-G. don't, yeah. So don't, don't, yeah. don't tell me the Saudis aren't up on this as well. So there well, you maybe go. they're afraid of what does happen here, which is obviously you put a bunch of eighteen-year-olds together and there are mixed units, and it is very common that you're going to get your uniform, your gun, and then your abortion. Super friendly on abortions, which do happen. Listen, people meet in the army. At least they did before tenders. So I think that, in one way, I can understand people's concerns. However, I say bullshit on your concerns that women can be equal, can fight, and be as creative. I know here they're also an intelligence. They're the ones that literally use the Iron Dome, Mm -hmm. which shoots down other missiles. So... They are somewhere, and especially as the world turns and we have more technology, 
and maybe not even on the ground as much, we can have more and more women certainly in the army. And I'm going to have a baby girl and I have no problem with her coming to me one day and saying she wants to be in the army and maybe she'll want to be a lesbian and I'll support that too. Cool. (laughs) All right. So on that random note, we're going to wind things up here. I want to thank, of course, our producer, Scott Kahn. If you have an article that you want us to talk about from the Mideast Beast or a topic of great concern that we should tear apart, you should write us, you should comment, you should find us on themideastbeast.com, on Facebook, The Mideast Beast, and follow us on Twitter at MideastBeasties. Alex, do you want to say anything before you pass out and apply your after sun? which is super sunscreen. I am going to my hammock. I'm done for the day. Stick a fork in me. I'm done. (laughs) That sounds like something ISIS might do, so you might want to put on some lipstick and call it a day. (laughs) You have been listening to the Mid-East Beast Podcast. Until next time.